Yeah, so one thing I really like about being a Catholic is that it's this kind of weird group of a billion people who still manage to form some kind of cohesive whole. And I think that has to do with this gift, challenge, um, aspiration to melding progress uh, with tradition. And I love that because we have to move forward as a people. At the same time, we're anchored in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, Ross uh, Dutet, who is a much better uh, writer than I am, he writes for the New York Times, says this, what serious Catholics should be looking for in this era of unsettlement, you could say every era is an era of unsettlement, is a synthesis, a viewpoint that makes sense of change in the church, but also maintains a deep continuity with the Catholic past. That's essential. If the church is what it claims to be, an institution founded by God, entrusted with history's most important revelation. What a guy, this Ross. If Be looking for him in the New York Times. He's an ace editorialist for, for uh, that, and uh, he wrote this in June 23. Now, that's one reason why I like the Synod on Synodality. I've spoken of it in a somewhat negative light because of some of the cracks in it that have allowed LGBTQ anthropology to sort of permeate Catholic thinking. I don't like that. But what I do like about it are Catholics coming together, not just the mucky mucks, but men and women, lay persons, cardinals, the common guy. I love that, listening together, growing through uneasy disclosures. My question then for, for today is why does Pope Francis persist in silencing Cardinal Raymond Burke, who in my estimation is an excellent American churchman who's worthy of being heard. So I'm calling this blog Shooting Synodality and Cardinal Burke in the Foot. Now, one of the answers to this question may well be because Burke has consistently, but I think respectfully, disagreed with Francis, and the nature of his disagreement kind of makes Francis sick. In other words, we can walk and talk together only if we tolerate each other's otherness, which apparently Francis cannot do with Burke. Now, I get that. We all fancy ourselves very inclusive until we see red, until we come up against something we really don't like in another I guess I just expect more of Francis, who does head up this big, potentially incongruent family whose members often clash over what would Jesus do. But again, this is the Catholic genius. And shouldn't the head of the Catholic Church broker a healthy tension between these clashes, which is really the way forward for blending tradition and progress. Now, to be sure, Burke is a traditional churchman, and he's also a super bright churchman among the best canon lawyers in the church. John Paul II made Burke an archbishop in 2003 
Before making him a cardinal in 2010, Pope Benedict appointed him the head canon lawyer of the church, which technically is called the prefect of the apostolic signatura. Because I know Italian, I use words like signatura. You would say signature. You could say Burke represents orthodox aspects of Francis to predecessors. Listen to what Burke says. The Pope is not free to change the church's teaching in regards to the immorality of homosexual acts and the indissolubility of marriage. This quote being an apt representation of how he represents JP2 and Benedict well, uh, but also how he stands today immovable before Francis, as, as you could say those two issues, the sinfulness of homosexuality and how we look upon divorced people and so on, is a controversial issue that Francis is introducing to the church. Francis does not like Burke's immovability on these issues. One tradition Francis does like is demoting Cardinal Burke. So for all of his traditionalism <laughs> that supposedly Francis is sort of allergic to, Francis has his own tradition, and that is demoting Burke quite consistently. In 2013, the year that Francis became Pope, he booted Burke out of the Congregation of Bishops, which is a very important committee. It helps the Pope choose global bishops. A year later, Pope reassigned Burke from the Apostolic Signatura. Note my Italian accent. Uh, Burke was still in his prime at 66 years old. Now, for cardinals, that's still in your prime. Uh, uh, and, and he was reordered or reassigned to the patron of the Order of Malta, which by its, I mean, I, I'm sure it's fine, God bless it, history and so on and so forth, but it's actually a benign reassignment typically given to retirees. In 19, in 2000, <laughs> sorry, in 2023, Burke's retirement was high-fived by Francis. The way that works is that when you turn 75, the Pope decides if he wants you to stay on. Burke was very willing to stay on, but he was, he was given uh, uh, that retirement by Francis, perhaps gladly, and he was also informed that he had to start paying rent at the Vatican. Uh, his stipend at this point is unclear. The paradox here is that Burke shares Francis' heart for the marginalized. You always think of Francis as the Pope of the poor, the marginalized. Burke actually shares this with him, particularly with persons who are dealing with sexual identity issues. I first met Burke through my friend, Father Paul Check, who works for the Cardinal now. Prior to that, Check directed Courage, which is a wonderful Catholic apostolate, really stands alone as the best postulate for same-sex attracted people. He, he directed and grew Courage for years. Years later, at an event for Paul, Burke let out as maybe the most patient and kind clergyman I'd ever met. We who are grateful to Jesus and church for chastity, 
considering our very unchaste histories, surrounded Burke. We were so happy that he was there in our midst. He was 73 years old at the time, just recovering from a near-death experience. And for hours, while it rained in La Crosse, Wisconsin, he conveyed Jesus' tender care to us. He was unflagging in his kindness, even to this convert who kind of offered this staccato-like prophecy about how long he would live and how much longer he had to give to the church. And he just kind of looked at me like, great, I'll really consider that. <laughs> Get the crook, quick. Uh, but, but what he did in his kindness and his patience with all of us uh, was was show us that no matter how big you are, no matter how long you're a clergyman of high standing, there's always time for people and common people like me and like my brothers and sisters, many of whom represented courage, who were just so grateful to be cared for by this most fatherly of clerics. He really did put to shame my sort of caffeinated, I can't do small talk for any longer than a half an hour. He was there for hours. And that way I would say Cardinal Burke pastorally is the real deal. Now Burke does toe a, high, a, a hard line, but he does so while pouring out huge drafts of mercy to sinners. Even gay activist and French author Frederick Martel, whose book in the closet of the Vatican exposed Rome's very unchaste soul, noted of Burke, I don't like cardinals who practice double speak. Burke is one of the few with the courage of his convictions. Perhaps Pope Francis could exercise the courage of his convictions with those who differ from him. Honestly, in regards to Burke, Francis appears petty and contradictory, especially for a pope who ushered in a season of synodality, walking and talking together, growing through uneven disclosures. It need not be that Catholics who disagree with each other act disrespectfully. We must do as Francis implores us, listen and learn from worthy church women and men lay and clergy alike. Burke is one of those worthy churchmen, worthy of being heard. Amen.